Hey, thanks for tuning in to a Sunday service. This week, we'll hear a message from Pastor Andy Bowles. Have you guys had a peaceful past week? Has there been moments in the last few days of your life that you can point back to and you can say in that moment or in that day or during that season of days, there was just this wonderful peace that I was able to experience. I hope and pray so. I hope there were moments, pockets of peace. And one thing that we oftentimes talk about here in this ministry is peace that is something that has to be protected because peace is an inheritance that we receive from the Lord. But one of the ways in which we wanted to kind of fine tune today's time together with you through the word was to change up the way we did our five minute timer. Most of the time when you come in on Sunday mornings, the screens will be rolling announcements and then all of a sudden five minutes till, five minutes till what I don't know because it's hardly ever on time, but five minutes till we start the service. And so it, it's usually some more upbeat music, right? It's, it's, it's some, so most of the time it's something that you can kind of sing along with or, or maybe if, you, if you're the kind of person that likes to dance a little bit, maybe not, but, uh, but, but, but it's something that kind of gets you moving on the inside. Well, this morning there was a, a little bit of a different sound associated with our five-minute timer. Did anybody recognize the difference? Now, you in church, be, okay, two people, good deal. One of the reasons that we played the soft melody of music, we had peaceful, you know, piano music, something real soft and real like very contradictory to what we normally play is because we wanted you to be able to experience a peacefulness as you came in. How many of you guys, when you came into the building, maybe came through the doors into this gathering room, you kind of just said, and there was a little bit of a peacefulness that was around you. So hopefully the five minute timer provided some of that, but please be aware also that there are a lot of people who pray oftentimes for this to be a time of peace that we can come into this room and we can let our guards down. We can know that we're in a place of safety, but also we're in a place to where we can feel welcomed and we can be calm and there can be this uh, pathway of peace that is provided for us as we relax and enjoy, hopefully, the presence of the Lord. Because one thing that we know about the presence of the Lord, and this is what God always does when God's people come together and the word of God is being proclaimed and his name is being lifted high through, through singing. God always by his Holy Spirit does one of two things in the lives of every individual that come into a, a place like this. He brings awareness of wrong and therefore he ushers us unto a place of conviction that unsettles us, but not without the purpose of taking us from that place of unsettledness in conviction to bring us to a place to where hopefully everybody will be at the conclusion of today. Hopefully everybody will be at least at the conclusion of the life, a place to where the Holy Spirit wants to comfort and he wants to bring peace and restoration. And so if you guys are familiar with Embrace, you know that as we kicked off 
a series of messages on, uh, on Mother's Day. We will continue this series of messages of healthy, healthy, uh, wholesome families. And last Sunday, we talked about in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, to where it's the original intent of what a wholesome family looked like in the perspective of God, who is the creator of all things, but in particular, hands on the creator of family. And so we saw last Sunday how God wanted it in the original condition before the fall of man of Genesis chapter 3, before sin came into the world, how God wanted it. And today we're going to look in Proverbs chapter 17. If you've got your Bibles, you can go to begin to turn there. We're going to just look at the first verse, Proverbs 17, 1, and we're going to look at the thought how you really want it. How God wanted it according to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And if we understand what God is, uh, what his desire is through family, how God, how God desires it for you is really how you want it for you and them as well. And so I don't think it's a, a necessary thing for me to repeat throughout this series of messages, by the way, which is the longest series of messages that we have at Embrace, this series of, series of, of healthy family from Mother's Day to Father's Day. I don't think it's necessary for me to continue to repeat, but I will once again, as I did last Sunday, that the world is against your marriage, the world is against your parenting, the world is against your family. The enemy is against you as an individual, but the enemy is also against husbands and wives and marriages and parents and children and children with their parents. The enemy wishes to destroy this nucleus of culture and society because he feels like if he can get to the nucleus of society and break it down, then he can begin to attack at every angle that he desires to attack at. And so one of the reasons that we constantly promote and push the idea that we are, because it's the truth, we are in a spiritual warfare and you are in a battle if you are a Christian. When you got saved, you were given the armor of God to suit up with every single day because your days as a Christian will be fighting in a spiritual battle. What we need to remind ourselves of and remind those that are around us of is, we need to look into the eyes of those that we share the same address with and say, you are worth the battle. You are worth the fight. You are worth me suiting up with the armor and going against the enemy that's not flesh and blood. It's not him or her, but it's Satan itself. It's sin. And I'm willing and ready to suit up so that we can pursue the idea of what God desired in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. How God wanted it is really how you wanted it and how do you really want it? Proverbs chapter 17 verse 1. Here Solomon is writing to his sons. He's trying to give this encouragement to the future leaders of, of Israel in the household of a king as he was in the, in the household of his dad David. And Solomon, according to the words of Jesus, one of the wisest men who ever walked the planet by inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. 
I want to I break that verse down a little bit simpler. Maybe you've got a different translation than you're reading along with me. and it, it might say some different things that give different definitions with some of those words. But I want to get to that in just a minute. But I want to look in chapter 17 and see how chapter 17 is heavy on the family talk. Now, if you read through the book of Proverbs... You'll understand that God has given us the book of Proverbs as short, quip statements that are power packed, full of truth that can, if we apply and listen to in our lives, direct our path into more of a wholesome direction. It can be something that is good for us. It's kind of like you've heard from others. An apple a day keeps, well, a proverb a day keeps the devil away. All right. And so just taking a proverb a day and, and, and going through it. And so most of the time when you read through Proverbs, you see that one verse may be disconnected from another verse. But just the idea of family and healthy families, wholesome families, is contained in this chapter. Proverbs chapter 17, it says in verse 2, A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causes shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. As children, we want to make sure that we don't create shame in the eyes of others for our parents. But instead, we're not faking it to make it. We're going to be real and we're going to live transparently, transparently for the purpose of transformation. But we're going to do our best to make sure that we cover shame with grace, truth, and love. And that we do the very best we can as children to protect the name, the good reputation. And Proverbs talks about that as well. A good names rather be chosen than great riches of our parents. And so Solomon almost, I know he's led by the Holy Spirit, don't get me wrong, this is God's book, that is God speaking to us through this book about this truth, but, but it's almost like there is some self-preservation in that thought. It's almost like he's got his sons together and he says to his sons, all right, boys, anywhere you go in Jerusalem, they know that you're connected with me. They know that you're my child, they know that you're my son. And if you act up, I'm giving your servant your inheritance. <laughs> well, read that verse again. It has that idea. And then there's another idea of, 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 of family. And this is one that I've just really grabbed a hold of lately. It says, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers. How many of you guys are grandparents? Raise your hand. Woo, glory. Right? Children's children. We're talking about grandkids, right? And grandkids are the glory to their, to their grandparents. I cannot tell you how many testimonies I've heard of, of grandparents who say, man, I so love to see the headlights coming and I so love to see the taillights going. <laughs> right? You, you see, this is a, such a benefit of having grandkids. Bring them in, spoil them, give them all the sugar and let them leave, right? <laughs> But this verse is talking about the glory being found and not just being the parent of children that you love, but seeing your children grow up and leave father and mother and start their own family unit to which they can now use that family unit to be counterculture and leading their children to Christ and seeing what was implemented in the hearts of your children multiplied in the hearts of your grandchildren. And certainly children's children are the glory of a, of a grandfather, right? I can't tell you how many times I've been around somebody back in the day before we had cell phones. I know that's hard to imagine, but I would be around somebody and they say, let me show you my grandkids. 
So it's the glory, right? And, and then the second part of that verse has the idea of, of when we were growing up, when we were little kids. I don't know what it is, MTV or something, but whenever we make that transition from puberty into teenage years, we, we've got this different perspective of our parents as authority over us. But before that, if you can remember when you were a kid and you were playing on the playground at school and somebody mentioned their daddy, what'd you say? But my daddy. Huh? My daddy can bench press a bulldozer. It don't matter. My daddy can bench press 10 bulldozers. My daddy's Superman. My daddy can do anything. And, and why is that? Because as this verse says, the glory of, of children are their fathers. There, there's so many other verses. I'll not explain all of them. But verse 21 says, he that begetteth a fool doeth to his own sorrow. And a father of a fool hath no joy. It kind of compares itself to that verse 2. Verse 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. It's being respectful to our parents and loving our parents. So this, this proverb is kind of heavy when it, comes to, when it comes to family. But when we look at this verse a little bit closer, well, what your desire in your home is to have a household of quietness, right? You desire this verse. This verse says better, quite literally, in the widest sense, good. If I could, if I could rephrase it, it's gooder than anything you could imagine. No, it's not correct English. But in the widest sense, better is a dry morsel, a parched or ruined piece of food, it says, and quietness therewith. The word quietness here is the idea of peace. And then he con he's given the contrary side to that. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full how many of you guys are kind of like us? We moved into a home and God blessed us to be able to have a house. And so we go in and we moved into a home of, 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 of a, there was three generations of one single family that had lived in this house. Nobody else with any other last name than that, that, that certain family in our area. And they were, they were, they were cabinet makers. Uh, they, they were very good with woodworking. They, they built furniture and carpenters. And we moved into this house. And, and as we go in this house, man, there is so much storage it's ridiculous. How many, if you've ever been in my house, you know when you walk down the hallway, there's storage here and there's storage there. You go in the living room and there's storage there. And you go in the bedrooms and there's storage. You can go in the dining room and there's storage. And when we moved to this house, it was like there's no way in a million years we'd ever fill up all of these storage compartments. Eight years later. <laughs> yeah. When you open a door, it's kind of like... <laughs> You put it in and then you're like, put, and then you run away from it, right? To close it up and keep it from falling on you. But I'll tell you this, a house full of stuff has never really satisfied, hasn't satisfied us, than a house full of, but in particular, sacrifices. <laughs> Now, I'm going to play with this word a little bit because this is not exactly what, what the original language would say. But if I were to reread this, it says, better is a dry salad without any salad dressing. Man, that's terrible. Don't care who you are. And peace therewith than a, a filet mignon in a place with strife. 
The word strife means a contest or to contend with. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices and strife. Let, let me ask you this question. Have, have any of you ever lived at address WWE? <laughs> Y'all don't... Don't look at me like you don't know what WWE is. Every one of y'all know Diamond Dallas and all them. You know what I'm talking about. Roddy Rowney Piper, all them old guys, you know, Hulk Hogan. You know what I'm talking about. WWE. You confess your sins later, all right? How many of y'all have lived at address WWE to where it seems like every time you turn around, there's a fuss and there's a fight and it seems like it's always contention and, and there's always a problem and it seems like the very place that you desire to be a place of peace and safety is the very last place you want to wind up in at the end of the day because you know what's there. It's nothing but stress and it's just always something and you just can't breathe. Because it's problem after problem after problem. Maybe for the husband, you, you come in and you feel like you just can't do anything right. You've worked all day long. You're exhausted. You come in and there is a list of honeydews left on the refrigerator. And maybe there's some added notes like, when will you ever do this? Yeah. Or maybe it's the wife who is in a similar situation to where you, you've worked all day long and you come home and, and all of a sudden there's a house full of people and, and you come in the door and there they are and, and the clothes are still unwashed or unfolded or even worse, they're unwashed and folded. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, what's for supper? And you're like, it's six o'clock, I'm just getting home. How come you hadn't done it? And I understand all of this. And, and, and maybe the kids come home and, and the very first thing they want to do is pull out the cell phone and go to the room and close the door and there's no connection with you. Because they're running from something. Do, do you really want a house to where it's address WWE all the time? Or do you want a house that represents peace, even if it's at the sacrifice of some things, right? And so what's going to help you and what's going to help me move out of that house and move into a house of peace is that me and Laurie and Emma Grace and Ellis, because the other two are gone, we've got we've to come, to come together and we've got to agree on some things. Because Jesus said that when we agree on anything, touching it, in the name of Jesus, it will be done. Huh? And so what we've got to do is we've got to find some common ground to come together on. Even though we might not be agreeing in one moment or over one thing, doesn't mean that we can't come together over the ultimate purpose. And that is, some time ago, we stood before God, a preacher, and a bunch of people, or maybe a few people, and we said, I do, committing ourselves to one another in this covenant relationship. And we said, we're going to go through the thick and thin of life. And so that moment overrules any little conflicts that we have so that we can come together and say, this is what we touch on and we agree on these things and we as a family are going to go forward in this. 
And so what are some things? There's at least three major things that I can think of, and I know there's a whole lot more out there than just these three main truths. Now, don't get me wrong. If y'all were to let me preach three hours, I could fill it up with a whole lot more. But I know y'all ain't going to do that. So three main truths the whole house needs to agree on, first and foremost. Agree to resolve conflicts quickly. You may be able to sit down as a husband and a wife and parents and kids and come up with a formula that a lot of times I do this with married couples or in pre-married counseling and, and, and maybe in crisis counseling with married couples or families. I'll bring them to the table and I'll get them to list their problems and what's wrong in life. And, and then I'll say, OK, how are you fighting over those? And they'll look at me like, hmm, we can't say we're fighting. We're talking to the preacher. Um, maybe we disagree heavily over it. Can we say that? And I know that you have those disagreements that the neighbors can hear. It's called fighting, just like everybody does. And I'll say, okay, let's, let's take these problems, let's set them over here to the side. How you fight over those is the biggest issue, not the issue of the things that are listed on this piece of paper. You better hear me. The things listed on the paper ain't near as important on how you fight about the things that are listed on the paper. And so what you've got to do is you've got to sit down and you've got to figure out as a husband, as a wife, as parents, as kids, how we're going to come across, how we're going to fight over these things. There are fair fighting rules in which we need to have in place. And sometimes that includes, most of the time it includes things like we'll not elevate our voice to scream or yell at one another. We'll not use vulgar words when trying to express our thoughts to one another. We will not degrade one another, but instead we will, with our words, lift up one another. But inevitably, I always throw this curveball into the mix. Are you fighting so that the other person in the argument might win? If you're not, you're not fighting right. You see, agree together to resolve conflicts quickly. Attack it quickly. Recognize. And it's so hard to do because if you're like me or, or you're like me and Laura or me and my family, this is what happens when there is a disagreement. When conflict arises, guess what jumps in the midst of our conflict? It's a little thing called emotions. And all of a sudden we start feeling this way and feeling that way and feeling this way. And all of a sudden we up in our feelings. Y'all heard that phrase, right? I'm just all up in my feelings. Yeah, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm broken, I'm hurt. I feel rejected, I feel betrayed. All of these feelings happen in a moment of conflict. And, and sometimes it's some other things and not just the emotional feelings that we have like that, but sometimes I'm jealous. I want that instead of that. I'm greedy, I'm coveting in my heart. I'm going to manipulate you to, to get from you what I desire. And so we've got to sort through some of that as well. This, this is what we have become professional at. We've, we've become professional at rug sweepers, right? Because we don't want all the conflict and so conflict is big and bad for a while and, and we get our bait of it. And, and so the best thing to do is, is when the nagging starts or the, 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 the angry voices come out or, or the rebellion happens, let's just sweep it under the rug. Leave it there. You know why? Because we're drowning in conflict 
and all we desire is peace, even if we had to have synthetic peace for a moment. It's not real peace when you're sweeping under the rug. It's going to come back to bite you. As a matter of fact, that pile under the rug is going to get so big when you walk by, you're going to trip over it and fall. That's what's going to happen. So, so what does the Bible teach us about th these principles? Well, uh, there, there's the obvious Ephesians chapter 4 verse in verse 26 where it says, don't let the sun go down upon your, your wrath, right? Make sure that you resolve it before the setting of the day, before, before the setting of the sun. Resolve that conflict quickly. But in verse 14, notice this verse again, it goes right along with, with, with the family idea. It says, the beginning of strife is as one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it meddleth with. Now, I, I know that's, that's a tongue twister right there in the King James. It, it, it has the idea of a leaky faucet in a bathroom offset from a bedroom. Anybody ever had that before? Yeah. Drip. 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 And there you are, you doze off and all of a sudden... What was, what was quiet in one moment is magnified in your sleep for some reason in another moment. Drip. Drip. Maybe the, the dripping off of a roof on, onto a place of, of concrete over a period of time. What is it going to do? It's just going to hollow out that concrete. That small droplet of water in a continued way can destroy a foundation. So what do you have to do? You have to attack that conflict in a certain manner, in a certain way. You've got to resolve it quickly. And, and the way you resolve it quickly, according to verse 14, it says, the beginning of strife is one that letteth out water. So at the beginning, go ahead and take care of it at the beginning before it swells and gets bigger and, and more things are attached to it. And all of a sudden, you've got something that is so overwhelming, you don't know how to address it. So you've got to remove those little foxes that spoil the vine. And the way you do that is you address it now and you address it with love. You don't address it with anger. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. How many of you guys would say at least 75% of the time that I'm angry, my anger leads to a place of sin? Mm. Yeah. Most all of us do. Because we don't understand really the right side of the right kind of anger. Most of the time when we think of or hear the word anger or try to associate or assimilate anger through our thought processes, we think of blowing off, you know, uh, jumping off the handle and, 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 and just exploding. But there is, a, there is a right kind of anger. And so how do you know how to handle anger and, and make sure your anger is the right kind of anger? Anger, the right kind, is never going to put you center of the conversation to where it's selfish and all about you. The, the right kind of anger doesn't do that. Instead, the right kind of anger is anger directed in the right place for resolution so that there might be love expressed to those that are around them, right? Not angry at you, I can be angry at it. Because I love you, even though right now I'm upset with you. To resolve it quickly means to address it now and to do so with love. Don't just talk. Most of the time when we're angry, the volume goes up, right? And the ears go down. 
we're a whole lot less willing to listen to others involved and a whole lot more about expressing ourselves and what we think about it and our opinion and our perspective and how we feel. And so you listen to me kind of a mentality. But if you're really going to resolve, if, if it's your desire to, to, to be one of anger, have a filet mignon in a house of, of contention, then you do all the talking and don't do any of the listening. So there has to be a moment where you stop talking and listen, convert anger into compassion. Let that wrong anger see that there is a person on the other side of this conversation, a person that you love, a person that you said I do to, a person that you watched come into the world, a person that shares your same address and same vision of your home. This person, see, see them with compassion, just like the compassion you want in the midst of a conflict, a trial, maybe even when you blew it. How many of us, whenever we see and make a mistake, have a problem that we want to make sure that people are compassionate toward us? Hey, what about this phrase, I messed up again? What do you want? Wrath? Or do you want compassion? Oh, man. Give me compassion any day. Make sure you convert your anger into compassion. And if all fails, then the way that we resolve a conflict quickly and to do it right means that I'm going to absorb or take the hurt. It's okay in a, in a, in a moment of difference in your family not to be heard not to be known as the one who is right or has all the wisdom or has all the answer. It is completely okay for you in moments of in your family, husband, wife, parents, children, children, parents, to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't agree with what they're saying. I hear what they're saying. I'm showing them compassion instead of anger. But in the end, I'm just going to absorb the hurt. I'm going to absorb the conflict. I'm going to take the wrong upon myself, even though I may not think in my own mind that I was the one that did the wrong. You say, but Andy, no. What is the cross? What is the cross? But the place in which Jesus was crucified for us. He who did no sin became sin for us. He absorbed our hurt. He absorbed our wrong on the cross. And so I think when we get together as families, we put our hands on it and we agree in the name of Jesus that we're going to resolve conflicts quickly and we're going to do it the right way. The second thing is to agree that your family does not have to meet the social norm around you. <laughs> we don't have to bend to all the whims of culture. We don't have to, we don't have to forfeit the convictions that God has given us in our life form by his word as we sought him in prayer and praise and worship that God has revealed certain things to us. We don't have to let those things go. But instead, we can say, even though the world around me won't do what God has called them to do, won't live as the Bible teaches us to live, we will. We're going to live the way the Bible teaches us to live. If it is counterculture, 
if it is not socially normal. If people around us want to see one thing is normal, that is not right, then just let me be abnormal. It's okay. I've been called that plenty of times before. Right? How many of you guys ever been called weird? Amen. A lot of hands that went up. Yeah. The people who didn't raise their hands, maybe they were the ones calling you weird. I don't know. Yeah. It's okay to be, not to be socially normal. Here, here remember, what, remember what Solomon says. What the social norm of that day is to fight tooth and nail to put a filet mignon on the plate in the house. Doesn't matter what you've got to sacrifice. It doesn't matter how you've got to live. It doesn't matter what you've got to say. It doesn't matter who you've got to hurt. It's okay. Because I'm going to go after the filet mignon. You see, the value of your home is always represented in the possessions that you have. The value of your home is always represented in the possessions that you have. Is it wrong to have good vehicles and nice home? And that, that's not what I'm talking about. But if all your pursuit in life is, is to get those at the sacrifice of your family for the sake of having good things, fun things, all these toys, and forfeiting things like peace and integrity and transparency and a pursuit of Jesus Christ in your home. If you're forfeiting those times of prayer with your family and Bible time with your family, if you're not having conversations about Jesus with your kids, and the reason is, is because all of this stuff around you is distracting you. You fit into the social norm category around you. It's okay not to be socially norm. It's okay not to have the filet mignon. It's okay to eat the dry salad. Yuck, right? But what comes along with it is a whole lot better than the possession materially that you have or lack, right? The quality and the characteristic of that of peace. Make it your aim to be counterculture by choosing the right way. What if we as Christians took the Bible literally and took prayer seriously as our weapon? I'm just going to tell you this. I've been saved since I was 15 years old, preaching since I was 18 years old. I'm 46 years old now. Nothing can supplement prayer. Nothing. You say, but Andy, I worry so much over my children. Your worry doesn't supplement prayer. Doesn't. I'm, I'm so worried about them driving back and forth. That was one of the things that me and Laurie had such trouble over whenever our kids began to drive. And the reason is, is because we wrote with them when they had permits. It's like, God help everybody. Right? Oh, I'm so worried. And our, our worry was not a supplement for prayer, but our prayer made things change when we began to pray. Man, it can be applied in so many different ways. Agree on that thing that it's okay not to be socially normal but then the third main truth is agree on the goal of peace just to just agree on the goal of peace if if everybody in the home would come together mom dad grandma grandpa if that's who's raising kids guardians or whatever it is bring the kids together you might have to shut the internet the wi-fi down in your house for a few minutes guess what guys if it happens it's okay. Wi-Fi and everything, right? 
turn the cell phone and devices off for a few minutes. So guess what? Twitter still got bought by Elon Musk and it's still going to be going on. Right? Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg, it's going to keep going. And I think Meta Universe done bought everything else, right? You're going to get back on and you ain't going to miss nothing. Somebody taking a selfie, they mean a cheeseburger, grease dripping off their chin. Right? Anyway, man, I, sorry, that was a soapbox. But <clears throat> literally take time, shut everything down, come together as a family and say, our goal is going to be a goal of peace. Let me tell you guys something. Every single time there has ever been peace, it's always been because of a person. Right? You, you think about all the wars that have taken place in the world. You, you think about World War II with Adolf Hitler in Germany, and he's trying his best to make sure that he just gains the whole world and is the dictator over all the world. If there weren't men who stood up, in particular men in leadership in the United States of America who stood up and said, we're not going to allow that to continue, and they fought, and they fought for peace. And then peace was gained at the conclusion of that war. There's always a figure associated with peace. Maybe it's got to be the dad that stands up and says, hey, we're just going to have, we're, we're going to agree on peace. Our goal is going to be peace. Let's get together in this room. And there may be some, if you've got teenagers in particular, some eye rolls. Some hmm. It, it may actually, you may agree on this tonight, today, this afternoon at the dinner table. You might say, okay, these are the things in which we agree on and the goal of peace might be one of them. And the next Sunday, you might have to come to the dinner table again and say, hey guys, last week we blew it. We said this was the goal of peace, but we sure didn't act like it. So here, again, and again, and again, and again, we're going to set our goal as being a people of peace who are pursuing peace. Because when we live in peace, the world around us don't question our Savior. But instead, they appreciate the work our Savior's done in our life. And they say, wow, if Jesus can do that in their lives, maybe he can do that in my life. Because everything in my life showing peace. All because of the person of peace. There's always a person, a figure of peace. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never met the ultimate one of peace and that person of peace is Jesus. Maybe you've never trusted in Jesus. Maybe that's the reason there's this war going on on the inside of you and you don't seem like you can shake it and every time you turn around, that war is being flashed out from you and, and you're angry at this person and angry at that person. You're bitter and hateful to that person and it might just be because you've never met the person of peace honestly, truthfully with your heart. You've not fully engaged him. He's been knocking on your door. He's been saying, hey man, I got a moving van right here on the curb. Let's leave WWE. Let's go to this place of peace. The only way you can do that is accepting him fully, surrendering all of yourself to him as Savior, and then trusting him as Lord to take care of every other detail from that point on. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need to trust Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and Jesus has given you that peace. Do, do we have John 16, 33? I think we've got that verse. These things I've spoken unto you that you might have peace. What does Jesus want for you? What does God want for you? What do you really want for yourself? In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I've overcome the world. The world around you can be chaotic and crazy and troubled, but you don't have to be. Because when the person of peace moves into your life, then he quiets the storm. He settles it all. And he says, just walk with me.